Welcome to In the Deep. I'm your host, Katherine Ingram. The following is an interview with me, which aired on the Progressive Radio Network and was conducted by my friend Mitchell Rabin for his show called A Better World. We did the interview in 2012, and there are a few parts of the discussion that are now quite outdated, such as our hopeful comments about the Occupy movement, which had just begun at that time. But most of the hour discussion is timeless. So just get some sense of some of Catherine's background. She was a co-founder of Insight Meditation Society in Barrie, Massachusetts, a place that many people have gone for silent retreats, good friends of mine, over the course of many years. She also co-founded the Unrepresented Nations and Peoples Organization in The Hague and is a member of the Committee of 100 for Tibet. For six years, oh, for six years, excuse me, she's also served as board director for the Burma Project, dedicated to raising international awareness about the struggle for democracy in Burma. She's currently serving also on the board of Global Animal Foundation, which works on behalf of world's animals. She's also published several books, first in the footsteps of Gandhi, conversations with spiritual and social activists, and passionate presence, seven qualities of awakened awareness as well as a novel crack a crack in everything i love that name <laughs> you know it's a leonard cohen uh quote oh is it really yeah, there is a crack a crack in everything that's how the light gets oh, in oh god yes <laughs> mm, i like it it also just shows like the inherent imperfection of everything too yes know? yes the and, way and also how you know the cracks in our lives the difficulties the sorrows are often the it's that is how the light gets in that's how we tenderize and open and uh, and shift. tenderize yeah yes. really like a piece of meat it's true, <laughs> being beaten <laughs> exactly take that <laughs> And I had one of those days. Oh, I did, Catherine. And I was looking forward to tonight and spending this time with you because I knew it would uplift my soul and spirit. (laughs) You know, but it's true. You just get cracked open and life just feels so, ugh. And you think, like, how could it be? I feel so elevated so often. And then, bam, you know, in the gutter. What do you say to your students at a moment like that? It's part of existence, isn't it? I mean, it's it can be rough at moments. You know, I love a line from Van Morrison: "Rough God goes riding." You know that sometimes it's uh, you know uh, the losses pile up. Sometimes very you know consistently and all in a row in a short period. That's very very hard. Yeah. You know, yeah. if, if they're spaced out nicely, one yeah. can handle it better. Yeah. But sometimes they, right. they really pile up and, uh, uh, you know, it's just part of living. And I always recommend, you know, to use your attention as a habit, to get in the habit of using your attention to kind of reset to quiet quietness of the heart. And the more mm-hmm. that is metabolized in your system, the more quickly you reset to that point after a stressful situation or after a massive loss or just a lot of annoyance, you know, mm-hmm. um, you, you, your default position becomes more and more quickly set yes. to a habit of peace. Yes, yes, yes. I like that. You're reminding me of some of the wise practices of uh, an old Jewish physicist and engineer named Lester Levinson. Mm-hmm. Do you know him? I've heard his name. He developed uh, what became known as the Sedona method. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Uh-huh. Sedona technique yes, yes, and then yes, the release technique. And yes. it's, it's always you just keep letting go yeah. and you live in a state of letting it, go. Well, exactly, exactly. And as you get older... That becomes kind of the name of the game. I don't know game. anything about that. Right. Well, you will. You will. It's coming. <laughs> I do. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> it becomes what? It, well, more and more necessary? Well, it becomes more and more the name of the game. It's yeah. it's pretty much a lot of letting go. That yeah. Goes, and you get fairly facile with it, don't you? You yeah. become more yeah. relaxed in letting go. Well, that's what was interesting about today, Catherine, because... I'm usually very fluid and I move and I have my center and I breathe and, you know, things are like that. Chill. And, right, yeah. exactly. And I'm just like at peace and, uh-huh. and even 
uh, a warm, you know, radiant yeah. peace. Yeah. But not today. Uh-huh. Today. Right. <laughs> like I just got one after another after another. Just <laughs> right angles. <laughs> exactly, <Yeah>. exactly. <laughs> angular, very angular. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I needed just some soft, yes. <laughs> feminine, yes. you know, yes. warmth, you yes. know, and understanding yes. at a certain point. You know, yes. I just saw I am right I wrote to a good friend of mine on the West Coast. Um who you probably know, <laughs> but uh, I just said, I don't have patience today anymore for this matter. I have to dismiss it and move on, yes. you know, and yes. I just, he never hears things like that from me, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. It, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just, it was acknowledging and acting on that acknowledgement. Yeah. Um, another little piece of peace. I just, on the subway, a great place for practicing inner peace is uh, a funny quote from Ingrid Bergman. Happiness is good health and a bad memory. Oh. <laughs> Unfortunately, we usually get the, the bad memory with not such great health. <laughs> but yes, I, 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 take her, I take his point. <laughs> Too funny, too funny. And humor actually is one of the ways I know that I use yeah. to help lighten and soften a blow, so to speak, or a series, as you were kind of saying, yeah. Yes, indeed, yeah. So you're in New York, you're teaching, you teach all over the world, you conduct what are called Dharma Dialogues. Tell us a bit about these. Yeah. Um, They're gathering. It's so good to see you again, by the way. It's so good to see you. You're doing such good work. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Absolutely. And just so you all know, Catherine was a guest on A Better World TV some years ago. We can't remember exactly we're, how we're many. We're thinking it's 10. We're thinking <laughs> we're it's 10 years ago. Be, something yeah. like that. <laughs> um, and right after she finished the book Passionate Presence, and uh, which a book I so loved. Mm, and it just you. really touches the, the heart. Mm, thank you. Yeah. So please go on. Dharma Dialogues, I've been leading Dharma Dialogues for 18 years. And they're really public events in which we come together almost, um, it's almost like a jazz event, except in a kind of quiet way, (laughs) in that there's a very great spontaneity in what is happening in the room. I usually give a little short talk designed to point toward present awareness or on some current topic, um, you know, with regard to, say, an awakened quality of sorts. And then we open it up for discussion usually just one-on-one with me, one of the people in the audience. Mm -hmm. And maybe in a given night, only eight people will actually have a dialogue with me. But somehow or other, it's always our story. It's always a kind of universal experience that people who are just sitting there silently have their own questions answered. Yes. And... I attended one at... The Tibet House, I believe it oh, was, yeah. Here many in New York, moons yeah. ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, And so I know from the inside the richness of the dimensions that get touched and the universal quality. So one person asks a question right. out of 50, and it's a question that's resonating through all. Yes, yes, exactly. And my job, I kind of consider myself sort of a conductor. I don't really feel yes. that I'm imparting any uh, new information, but rather reminding people mm-hmm. of what they actually really know in their heart of hearts, <coughs> in the deep waters of their being. Yes. Um, because yes. often we can get lost. That's beautiful. I mean, that's, you know, really, we need sea women like that. <laughs> yes, <laughs> know right. the sea Exactly. That well. The deep quiet, silent bits, you know, Um, because often we we splash around on the surfaces, you know, and and time just slips away, doesn't it? I mean, people just go along chasing after experiences and, you know, and objects and whatever. And, and, you know, the years just flit by, you know, but I find that if you are are living in this quieter space, where your attention is really drinking in your actual lived experience, rather than your conceptualized experience, then you're really experiencing your actual life. And you don't have this sense that, oh, where did that year go or where did that decade go where I, where I was just dreaming or nightmaring or just in some kind of intense fearing. hot desire or fear. Yeah, right, right, right. Exactly. You know, so that you're actually showing up for 
your real life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You made an interesting distinction subtly between living a conceptualized life yes. and a real life. Could yes. you just talk about that Yes, a bit? yes. Well, you know how most people are just kind of thinking about li their life. They're thinking about their life, right? right. I sometimes call it a head on a stick. Yeah. Their, their experience is in their head. <laughs> and it's not necessarily in their body or in their senses or in their actual empathy. No. You know, they're just they're just in the ideation about life or about the life to come. Oh, that's a very popular one. Yes. The life to come when I start really when I start when living really start my start living. Yes, my real life out there yeah. in the future, you know, that yeah. many people are waiting and postponing sure. in in a sense. But we all do sense. that to varying extents. Well we, we can get out of the habit of that. And, yeah. and and of course we're planning creatures. So plan yeah. planning is fair enough. We have to plan to yeah. some degree, most of us, you know. Um, you and I had to make this plan ages sure. ago. To, sure. for us to both show up at this particular spot That's in right. New York City. Right. But, um, you know, we, we can have the uh, ability to plan, but really that can just be a tiny p part of our attention whereby most of our attention is resting in present awareness where we're actually living. I always tell my students, I'm not asking you to imagine anything. I'm asking you to simply get into reality. <laughs> So, right here, where you're living. <laughs> Enter here. <laughs> exactly. Enter here. <laughs> That's kind of funny. Yeah. There's a doormat, door, you know. Uh, yes, right, but right, yet, right. <laughs> but yet. <laughs> right. No, I know. And I think that that has a lot to do with people live in a state of anxiety or fear about yes. who knows what. Yes, yes. And they don't know. And, yeah. of course, one of the roles of psychology, psychotherapy, psychoanalysis is to uncover some of that. Yeah. And then sometimes that motivates somebody to go, aha. And other times it's, uh-huh. <laughs> right. And it doesn't move them into the body much at all. So it's interesting that one of the remedies, if you will, for someone who is leaving conceptually, mm -hmm. ideationally, mm -hmm. is to actually get very sensual. Exactly. Well, I am all about that. Yeah. I, I say be an awake animal. Yeah, right, just be an awake it. animal. Smell, see, taste, yeah. sense, feel. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. And it's funny because the spiritual traditions have also a sense of the ascetic. Yes. You know, a where self-denial, yes. right? I, I, Deprivation. I don't subscribe to those. <laughs> and and the uh, then to be most awake, ironically or paradoxically, is just the opposite, the opposite. to be tuned into exactly. the physicality exactly. of life. Absolutely. Really to let yourself feel it, you know, let yourself celebrate it. And also I find, and I've been making this experiment, especially in residential retreats for mm -hmm. so many years, yeah. when people start to really live in that awake animal sense and their senses are blasted open there is this sweetness that starts to just emanate it's it's interesting mm. it comes almost as a byproduct these very tender qualities a kind of reverence for other life yeah. um yeah you know, it's a real embodiment, understanding the um, earth systems in which we mm. are dependent, yes. and so on. All of this insight floods in when you're just, you know, living truly in that, in that kind of yeah. clarity. Mm, that's beautiful. It's like re relaxing into reality. Yes, beautiful. You know? Yes, that's it. It's that's like exactly it. It's yes. here, and yet, you know, if we're surrounded only by concrete all the time, but if we're in nature, like in a retreat setting, yes, hopefully we can it would be, be reminded, in yeah. a more natural But setting. you know, we just had a retreat here in New York City this yeah, weekend. the Open Center. And I've had many, I've actually had many retreats in which... Um, in silent retreats, we've, as a group, walked through Central Park, mm. and it ha we've had profound experiences. Sure. Many people have actually said, people who are real New Yorkers who've lived here their whole lives, yeah. they've said they've never experienced Central Park like that before, because they were they were walking as awake creatures, you know. So in Zen, they say, when you wake up, the whole world wakes up. And that is that when you're sitting in that space, you're looking through eyes that are, oh, how to say, um, that are just seeing the, the brightness of things. You know, even the concrete. Mm -hmm. you're, you're, seeing, you're seeing the manifestation 
in a different way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's like I often think kind of um, neurophysiologically. Yes. I think that the, way, the reason we perceive the way we perceive and have the belief systems that we have which underlie our perceptions uh, is because we keep running like rats down the same yes. grooves. Yes, yes. And if we can change the dendritic activity, yeah. we end up with another level of wakefulness because our brain has literally expanded into new domains of gray matter. Absolutely. Well, all of the new... Neuro Which is multidimensional, by of interestingly. Of course. Yes, yeah. it is. Yes. Well, all of the neuroscience uh, is now showing, you know, yes. as they say, the neurons that fire together, wire together. That's right. That the habituation, the neural pathways yeah. uh, get these grooves and yes. tend to habituate in, in those grooves in terms of producing all this chem all these chemicals in our body yes. so if you're thinking a lot of depressing thoughts you know if or if thought depressing thoughts are occurring frequently mm -hmm. they're actually creating neural pathways that exactly. then call more neuro, uh, depressing thoughts but conversely if your habit becomes one of letting go of free flow yes. or of resetting back to a kind of sensual quiet space you know in the senses that also has its own neural pathways oh, by happily. all means exactly yeah. <laughs> and you your body mind starts to get um uh accustomed yeah. to another level of neurochemistry yes and you start to groove on that you yes, know yes. and it's and it's like that living edge of life that growing edge that yeah. You really don't know, and that talk about Zen, you know, the whole idea of beginner's mind. Yes, oh, you know, of course. Where yes. you are awake and alert and fresh yes. to every moment. That's right. And you know. whereby you can see something so much more clearly when you're not looking through the veils of your preconceived ideas and agendas. Yeah. Yeah. Because then you're just getting more of the same. Yes, you know, right. Well, you'll see everything. It's, as they say, used to say, you know, uh, when a pickpocket meets a saint, he sees only his pockets. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know, exactly. you just see through the filter of, yes. of your own need or your own belief. Exactly. Or yeah. the old Sufi phrase, I'll see it when I believe it. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't heard that one, but that's yeah. very good. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so we're left. So before we move into the marriage, if you will, yeah. of spirit with action yeah. and um, this notion of uh, being in the world in a way that can really make a difference in our real society, something that I just adore the whole notion of getting off the cushion and into the boardroom or yes. into the street or yes. what have you, depending on your predilections, you know. Yeah. Uh, I was just curious, Catherine. Over the time, these 18 years that you've been teaching and you've been in Burma and you've been in India and you helped to start the Dharma Center in Barrie and you've had just so much really rich textured experience and you've been working with people so long, is there a trend that you see among the students over the course of these years and is it geographically related? Can you see geographic distinctions in groups? Um, there's definitely a trend. There's definitely a, a great, I would say, awakening, an opening, a, um, a, a yearning for deeper understanding. And I would say an evolution of consciousness is occurring. Now, it's in a race with our own... Um, Self-destruction. Yes, our own potential for destruction. Yes. It's, they're racing. <laughs> no. <laughs> you know, um, and so I'm not going to make any predictions as to which way it's going right, to play right. out. And wakefulness is two yards ahead. <laughs> you know? right. Oh, destruction my Destruction is, you know, right on its tail. <laughs> right, right. But anyway, um, yeah. but um, I do see... and. And it has been surprisingly fast, in fact, that uh, that there's been this explosion of, you know, of interest in. And, and I love also that it's... An explosion over time. I mean, you've yes. been at this for 18 years. Yes. What's the distinction between what you saw then and what you're seeing now in terms of people's hunger, eagerness, interest? Yeah. Oh, How would it's, you describe it's it? 
it's a thousand fold first, first of really? all. I mean, back in the days when I was, I first started practicing um, Buddhist meditation in 1974, I mean, that was as weird as weird could be. You know, hardly anyone was doing any, anything like that. Even yoga was kind of kind of new, you know. Yeah. Um, Racy. Yeah, kind of weird. And um, so, you know, and now it's on mainstream television, you know. There's uh, more in New York than in India right now. I wouldn't be surprised, of course, you know. So you, there is a tremendous um, explosion of interest in this. And there's a kind of, you could almost call it a secular mysticism that's happening, whereby you don't have to be, <laughs> you don't have to be attached to any particular right. religion or yeah. any belief system oh, or whatever, I like that. you know. <laughs> yeah. And um, so there's all of that going on. Um, there's a lot. Of, I'm very thrilled with the young people that, you know and I, I was just down at o Occupy Wall Street oh, yesterday yeah. uh -huh. and uh, and then I later on I happened to be walking through Washington Square when Angela Davis was speaking to oh. quite a large crowd of mostly wow. young people wow. um, and so I'm very oh you were like in the right place at the right time uh, by maybe. chance <laughs> and, uh, but, uh, but um, I'm yeah. very proud and delighted uh, to see this with the young people and mm -hmm. and 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 also Mitch when I see them come to Dharma Dialogues they they catch on really quickly I mean maybe it's because our brains are a little bit slower <laughs> it's very impressive but <laughs> but, I, don't think but, so. <laughs> but hey, I mean it's amazing yeah. how you know well, you it's just, in the field it's in the, it's field. In the field that's so. it that's yeah. exactly it yeah. it's there's an osmosis that is mm -hmm. that is occurring just like when I mm -hmm. see my you know when I see young women come to our sessions you know they are empowered without having even an idea of feminism they didn't even have to learn about feminism at all they, they've got it interesting you know, right, and I was right, just saying at the retreat the other day when I was oh. young, when I was a young girl, there were only a few careers open to women in those days. You could be an airline stewardess, a teacher, or a nurse, or a secretary, essentially. Those were kind of your options. I mean, girls now, they can dream about being an astronaut, a president, anything they want, you know. That's right. Um, and so, you know, and of course, you know, human rights um, have really come a long way. Of course, we've got a long way to go, but animal rights are a brand new concept on mm -hmm. this earth. Mm -hmm. That's brand new historically. And you've been working pretty diligently. Well, with recently that, so. I have. I, yeah. I, so I love animals, and, mm -hmm. and uh, it's heartbreaking to me what's going on yeah. uh, with the animals of the world. Yeah. Um, but on and on, I, I do see tremendous evolutionary progress in um, in these kinds of fields and in the what you could call the Dharma field, the, mm -hmm. the great maturity of interest in all nice. these places. Now, you asked about ge geographic Right, because differences. you teach in Europe and Australia and all the United States. Yeah, and, and, and what I always say yeah. is that everywhere I go, the sweetheart crowd comes out. Mm -hmm. And I, I just feel I could go to Red Square and they, the sweetheart crowd wow. would come out, you know, or, um, or you know, anywhere. Um, I wonder that if that has anything to do with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, Being a sweetheart. Uh, well, I think that, yeah. I just think that, that you know, there are, the, the yearnings of these deeper qualities are pretty universal. And that if you're speaking about this in a simple way, it attracts people who have that that quiet simplicity of heart, mm -hmm. which actually is a very, it's a very, you know, rare and beautiful thing. Yes, indeed. Um, yeah. And so that people are in touch with it. I yes, think it's always there. It's always there, of course. Yeah. Yes, and and it Buried spreads. You know that those about. people who come, yeah. you know, suddenly they're changing in their lives, and that's attracting their relatives or friends or whatever. Exactly. And so. Um, you know, exactly. so I really do see that, of course, there are cultural differences. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, for instance, I noticed that in, in countries where English is a second language, they sort of don't get my jokes. They get they get the Dharma and they get everything we're talking about. But I'll make these little, you know, yeah, right. a little <laughs> these are little asides and quips. And I'm the only one laughing. <laughs> so, but Listen, anyway. I know that <laughs> it happens to me all the time. So. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but other than that, yeah, you know, there are these cultural differences. But other than that, the the uh, the intelligence of the heart, I would say, is is pretty identical. Mm. Whether and also another amazing thing that happens is the way that 
people will express their insights in such similar ways in very diverse cultures. I can be in Hawaii at one point and someone will use a metaphor that is identical to something that I heard in mm. Ireland two months ago. So interesting. So interesting that you feel like almost that they're tapping into, yeah. as you say, a field of, yeah. of, of information yeah. somehow. Exactly. You know, what, what is maybe a morphogenetic field. A morphogenetic field. And in fact, we're having Rupert Sheldrake on oh. tomorrow night. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> about morphogenetic well, there field. you go. See? And I don't, Proof. I usually don't even think of that term. <laughs> right, right, right. See, plucked <laughs> it from my mind, <laughs> from the newsletter. <laughs> He's going to be on uh, the TV show tomorrow night oh, at ten thirty. Yeah, he's a wonderful oh, man, and he's done so much in terms of that. Yes. And there's a lot in the domain of neuroscience showing up these days, Catherine, which support what we refer we refer to as the spiritual upliftment yes. of of humanity and the sense of brotherhood and sisterhood that people feel and love and compassion and mm. unity consciousness. Mm. Yes. It's actually every bit as programmed as what we refer to as the dark or shadow side of humanity, yes. of the so-called greed and avarice and selfishness and all of this yes. stuff, survival. Yes. But what we find, really, that that might be a belief system. Absolutely. And if we look at the animal kingdom, we see that cooperation and bonding are the true underlying realities that provide survival. Well, did you do you know of Jeremy Rifkin's book The Empathic Civilization? I don't. It's I know wonderful. Of him, but not that. And and that uh -huh. book is wonderful and 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 his his thinking on this is beautiful and mm -hmm. similar to what you're saying. Oh, I see. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. I'm going to take that conversation even to another level which is the a fundamental understanding I had from my own study of Taoism and Buddhism which shows that we are actually just living a mirror effect. Mm -hmm. And so if we believe such, we get such. Uh -huh. If we do not believe such, we get something else. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like just a mirror ring. So when I said kind of playfully, when you said, I attract the sweet people, you know. Well, I, I say it's the sweetheart crowd who the shows up. The sweetheart crowd yeah, who yeah, shows yeah. up. And I said, yeah, maybe it has to do with you as magnet, you know, of sweetheartness, <laughs> you know. So, you know, I'm saying it playfully, but on the other hand, there's a truth to it. There's the magnetic field slash resonance, mm -hmm. which allows for that kind of mm -hmm. dialogue. One of the things I talk a lot about in my sessions is that... When you're in a certain type of let go, when you're in that kind of Sticks. ease of, of, of surrendering to what is as needed, mm -hmm. um, it's not exactly like a lot of people think, and I'm not saying that you were saying this, but a lot of people think that if they could just get into the right flow, things would go their way. But actually, oh, it's that yes. you—it's actually that your ability to flow with how things are going oh, <laughs> is the key. <laughs> uh, I, I'm with you. <laughs> exactly. So it's not another form of magical uh, thinking. No, exactly. In other right, words, right, or something like the secret or any of that stuff. You know, that you know? becomes right. That that becomes a beautiful segue into spirit, into action in yes. the world in which we're living, which yes. is closer to Neanderthal. So when you're talking yeah. about an awake animal. You're not talking about what we're seeing on Wall Street. <laughs> no. Right. Yeah. So, do you know, so this is an interesting... You mean an, uh, the Wall Golden Street... Goldman Sachs. Okay, yeah. <laughs> right. Not the Occupy Wall Street. Right, no, right. the reason right. that Occupy Wall Street is mm -hmm. happening. Mm -hmm. First, let me let everyone know you are listening to Mitchell J. Rabin on A Better World Radio on Progressive Radio Network. Our guest for the whole hour is Catherine Ingram, who is the author of many books. Last is... The Passion of Presence? Well, the so? most recent was the novel, A Crack, a crack in, in Everything. everything. Wonderful. Yes. And she's an internationally known Dharma teacher, and she's just helped to uh, so many people awaken and get on the path of their own self-awareness, and it's really just a delight, just a delight to have you. I, we do, we've always just had a really fun time together. Isn't that true? It's I mean, true, I remember, yeah. you know, being at the place and are laughing and just... <laughs> It's just so easy. Yes, you know, it's just yes. delightful. The and sweetheart crowd. Yeah. <laughs>
There we go. Voila. <laughs> right again. Exactly. So when we look at, uh, we're, we're dealing with like utterly, completely devastating realities yeah, these days. Uh, utterly, completely, yep. you know, the, the 1%, the 99% and the 400 families that own 40% of everything in the United mm. States and people are getting kicked out of their houses and uh, foreclosed upon. And, and climate change climate and change. this whole new fracking thing that's happening oh my God. a nightmare you're beyond oh beyond God, and yes. what, gonna be, there are going to be water wars and on and on I mean exactly just, yeah. exactly now I mean I've just kind of wakened up to some of what's going on in biotechnology oh, yeah. it's utterly Amy Goodman did an amazing show this morning mm. uh, with a woman who just uh, finished a book on this it's uh awesome what is going on. The patenting of life is really yes, what it exactly. is, and it's been allowed uh, in the United States since 1980, and they are uh, various medical researchers are going into shamanic mm. communities all mm. over South America and uh, Africa, and they're learning about the herbs they use for medical treatment wow. and for healing, and they're grabbing them, they're synthesizing them, they're patenting them, and then they are preventing legally, internationally uh, the shamans from actually using, using those substances. Herbs without buying them from the Pfizer's and the rest of them in the wow. world. Wow. I mean, it a bad nightmare couldn't come up with these ideas. I know. You know? Yeah, I know. So how then do we take the seed of compassion and the awareness with which you are helping so many arrive at and cultivate and bring it into this action? <laughs> well, of course... Any action that we do will be informed by the the consciousness with which we're doing it, you know. Yes. So um, the more calm we can be in the face of what looks like disaster, you know, I, I actually wrote a blog for the Huffington Post called uh -huh. Getting Through the Night at the End of Days. and. Nice, um, nice. And it's five points. Um, the first one being stay calm, as as they always tell you in every emergency. But my, I, I further on, go on to say, do whatever it is in your life that keeps you calm, that doesn't lend mm -hmm. you into panic and desperation, because that will lead to apathy. It will lead to a kind of depression, really. Yes. And you'll be just another body on the pile to be taken care of. Mm -hmm. you know? mm -hmm. um, it leads to rigidity. Too. Yes, it does. The last right. thing we sure. need at a moment like exactly. that. Exactly. So, so staying calm is very, very important for whatever action, however you're going to be used as an instrument. You will be the best tuned instrument if you're calm and if you're peaceful and if you're able to find the place in yourself that is saying yes to the way that it's rolling out, even though you work as hard as you can to make it the best it can possibly be. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it's like the serenity prayer. And what about the idea, yes, of the squeaky wheel gets the oil? Say more. Well, you know, the idea that when people shriek. Oh, yeah. And well, you might be a shrieker. Stammer. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But inwardly calm. Yes. While shrieking. Yes, you okay. may. You you can have. That's what a, I thought You we can were going. have a quietness yeah. of the heart. Yes. Even though you might have to occasionally shout. Mm-hmm. You can still have an inner, an inner, um, an inner knowing that your instrument is being used. It has the volume had to be turned up at certain yes. moments, you know, but yep. that, that there can be this kind of, you know, this kind of quiet. And you can sense it in in great ones who have been sometimes strident in their in their expression. You and yet Martin Luther you, King Martin, is I was an just example. Thinking, I was just yeah. thinking his his very name. Mm -hmm. um, yes, yes, exactly. Right. Um, so that was one point. Another point was, is to be of service um, in any ways that you can. And there's a yeah. there's a quote that I said to you uh, on the phone. I yes. think it was Angie Arian. It might be this woman, Angie Theriot. I'm not sure one of them uh -huh. in the Bay Area said, um, action absorbs anxiety. Mm. Action absorbs anxiety. Beautiful. I love that. Yeah, that, yeah. that being of service just puts you in touch with with your heart and connects you and makes you feel this this uh, a sense of just being well used you know yeah. in whatever ways you can be yeah another one that i suggested is a jack kerouac quote be in love with your life mm. 
Because even in even in what yeah. may seem like dark times, which by the way, you know, in previous times they were really rough too. It's not like there was some glorious time. Um, I've been reading uh, Stephen Pinker on this, and it, it, I went to TED because of you today. Oh, good! And and I you heard listened. that? And I you listened in. to yeah. Stephen Brilliant. Pinker. Brilliant, exactly. Brilliant. The yeah. history of violence mm-hmm. that shows that actually we're living in the least violent time. Which is, I know people have a hard time believing it, but check it out. But Stephen I don't. Pinker. Right. I actually don't. You. I don't compare it to then. I compare it to our human potential. Yes. That's okay. where my conflict and tensions arise. Yes, okay. And and but you know, we're on our way there. We're slow learners often. Oh. <laughs> we learn the hard way. But um anyway, yes. so but be in love with your life. Yeah. Be in love with your beautiful. You know, I often say it's our little secret that we actually love our life. You know, we can grumble about it a lot, but yes. talk about what's missing or how it could be and all of those yeah. things. But really... Yes. At base. At, at base, base. People love life. Love your life, love life. Yes, exactly. It's yes. really synonymous. Yes, 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 exactly. Yeah. And, and then you do have more respect for all of life. Mm-hmm. Um, and another one um, is that evolution is doing its thing. Um, you know, that at the end of the day, yeah. Yeah. we do everything we can. And as a human creature with some degree of intelligence, uh, we, we try our best. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we're, we're, we try to be on the side of the angels. Um, right. Um, but at the end of the day, evolution is doing its thing. And so, you know, take that- a look. I want to, I really want to bring this up because okay. I contemplate this about the whole subject of evil and does it exist? Does it not? I mean, some of my training, um, and Tibetan Buddhism really brought forth this idea that there is vast uncon. There are the poisons. There is vast unconsciousness. There is ignorance, yes. you know, uh, there is avarice, uh, but basically, there is the sun always shining with mm-hmm. the clouds passing by. Mm-hmm. And I embrace that. There's a however here, uh-huh. which is that there are people on this planet who know consciously that there are people who are being harmed mm-hmm. and hurt and dying all for their own self-aggrandizing. And greed. Benefit, exactly. Mm-hmm. Now, when you really, and these are, you know, I, I wrote an article for the Huffington Post, said, if CEOs have parents, where are they? You're like in terms of why That was they... the name of the article, the blog. Uh-huh. If mean, CEOs like, why are they not pa- controlling these kids? Yes, <laughs> and they're unruly. They're unruly, They're yes. unruly. <laughs> They've never been properly toilet trained, you know, else, and they're yes. going into the world and just making a mess of things, mm-hmm. like no proper oral and anal training, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Yes. And as a result, they're just taking their own frustrated psyche and spilling it out into the world in this absolutely messy, immature way. Yeah. So... What do you? What, well, do we what, what do comes with this? to me to say yeah. is to quote Jesus: "Forgive them, for they know not what they do." And that really, yeah. I know that it's hard to see sometimes, but they're probably doing their best at the level of understanding yes. they're living at, which is fearful, which is panicked, which is like four-year-old, uh, you know, behavior, behavior yeah. and four-year-old development. Um, yeah. Only with tremendous power, which is can be very, very and dangerous. That's exactly, Catherine. Basically, we have, and I really would like ask people to take a look at this whole idea that uh, we grow up physically, our bodies age, we look like adults, or even sometimes older people, but emotionally, mm-hmm. we are truly arrested at ages. From conception forward, you know, usually half an year to three years old, up to six if yes. we're lucky. You know? 
I know it sounds, you know, funny, yeah, no, but if you really look with a microscope, a I think that we see that the emotional development, and the thing is, it's awkward, it's wobbly, it's not yes. like linear, yes. it's round and puffy and, uh, you know, yes. spherical. Right. So <laughs> right. yes, parts yes. of the sun are illuminating the yes. being, but and others are in darkness. Are yeah, darkness. Dark side exactly. of the moon. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Right. Yes. But it's interesting to look at that way, because I now, very much appreciate what you're saying, and I agree with you. I yes. really do. I just find myself impatient. I know, and I, really I, I know. I, I, I have. I work with that as well in yeah. myself. You know yeah. that sometimes you, you look at this behavior. You look at someone who just is consistently doing something so cruel and so crazy, and it's hard to find the compassion and the understanding yeah. that looks at them and says. You know they're doing the best they can. Right. Um, now, having said because that, because it's gotten institutionalized, yes, it, it's become mm-hmm. part of our consensual reality. You yeah. know. It, yeah. And having said that, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I then what? <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, of course, it doesn't mean that we don't try to stop them, and in, and in some cases, we have to lock people away. Oh, some yeah. people just completely forfeit their right to live among the rest of us. Yes. You know, and True. I'm all for it. If they have to be locked away, then yeah. that's how it has to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but it can be done with love and compassion. Yeah, and, it, and you and can it, still love and you know put on the handcuffs. Yeah, because or even it's for the if, sake of or all even if that's too, beings. even if that's too difficult, if 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 truly being honest, if it's too difficult, at least to look at that creature with some understanding, like you would a rabid dog. You know, like yeah. just as you would have to put away a rabid dog from the rest of the of the dogs the and pack. the people. Yeah. You know, you would have the same kind of quiet understanding inside that this has to be done. But, um, you know, in terms of this slow learning process with regard to our species, you know, um, I do take heart in the fact that among civilized people, for the most part, there are behaviors that are universally now shunned that were completely accepted before. You know, slavery and torture. Torture and uh, unless your name happens to end with Bush. Yes. And well. wait a minute, maybe Obama. <laughs> and and yeah. Yeah, but yeah. yes. But no, but I, I mean, even you know, in reading Pinker's stuff, mm-hmm. um, you realize how completely institutionalized and and yeah. truly horrible the torture was um, for mm. so many um, you know decades, centuries. centuries. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and over nothing. Um, so, you know, um, it's not as if we don't have a long way to go if we're going to save ourselves. Yeah. Um, but yeah. it is to at least see that there has been some improvement and, um, and to know that our job is the same either way. Yours and my job is the same either way. If we're headed right into annihilation, then best to be calm and steady for those in panic. If we're headed into a glorious new um, opening of the, you know, understanding and a a world community, the best way. That's right. So be it. We accept. (laughs) Exactly. We we really are looking at um, truly a potential of human um, extinction, of species destruction. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is not... Yeah, yeah. No, th- I would say this is the first time, um, mm-hmm. at least that we know of, yeah. where um, you know where the entire world community is now looking at the possibility of its own, um, the world human community of its own extinction and the extinction of a lot of the other animals as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks to us. Right, thanks yeah. to us, you yeah. know. And uh, But I really agree with you, and I say to myself also, not simply as solace, but... Mitchell, (laughs) we sit down. (laughs) And I say, you know you're doing the best you can. You know you are making the efforts. And you don't know what the outcome will be. You don't know what the results will really be. You know what they are incrementally, moment to moment. And then there's a setback that almost appears to wipe out the progress. And that's just the way it is, Catherine. It's just the way it is. And I will... You know, finally pass from this life and this body and make peace with my creator, whoever she may be, and (laughs) simply say, you know, I gave my heart and my soul to what I'm doing. Yes. And that's 
what I can do. Yeah. You know, I used, it was said that Werner Erhardt said that he wants on his epitaph something that says something like, I spent my life. Yeah. I spent I it spent, all. I spent you know? it all, yeah. Or another, I read somewhere some quote, and I'm not going to get it exactly right, but... Um, I didn't either. That, that my... That, that my life was good compost. <laughs> <laughs> you know, to feel yeah. like you're well composted, you know? Yes, <laughs> to be well composted, you first have to be well composed. Yes, and then you become go. composted. Very good. That's, very you know? good. Yeah, yes, that's you know? right. So, yes. So that's when you speak about the human dilemma, the world as it is mm-hmm. to your students. Mm-hmm. What comes out? What do you share with them? What do you oh speak well, of? I mean, because we we range around in these conversations yeah, over course. all these many many years. Of course, um, you know, uh, there's nothing that's off the table that we speak about. You yes, know? but a lot yes. of what you know, it's a lot of the human dilemma stuff of loss, mm-hmm. um, and of how to engage with love of all sorts. You know, parent yeah. to child, lover to lover. Yeah, spousal, yeah, all of it. You know, just um, yeah. um, The the you know the deep. I sometimes call it pillow talk of the divine. You know, just that. (laughs) You know that the the deep, the deep issues, the conversations of the deathbed, in a way. Yeah. You know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, So I I love that kind of conversation, and um, I feel lucky that I get to have it. A it's lot. like you're always moving between worlds, like the micro to the macro yes, and back again. That's right, you know? exactly. Like, yeah. You know. yeah, because, you know, of course, we'll speak about things in the specifics, you know. Yeah. Um, my yeah. child is sick or, yeah. you know, my husband left me for someone or uh, on and on, you know. Right. We, we speak in the specifics. Yes. But Content. Yes. <clears throat> which is interesting for everyone because everyone sure. can relate at some yeah. level, you know. <laughs> yeah, we've all been there. <laughs> One way or another, <laughs> and play different roles or different sides, you know, That's or right, different right. roles in it. Exactly. Um, exactly. But um, but somehow it comes down to you know it kind of you know kind of shuffles down to the to the quiet that underlies all of the stories, you know, yeah. so that I'm constantly pointing to that which is untouched, undamaged, right, unstained. Mm-hmm unmarred that of you and me and all yeah um which is just fine and yeah. which right now is is here and, and present right you know? right and i beyond I, persona yeah and even beyond <clears throat> the various kinds of losses i'll often have people mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. are describing sometimes memories of terrible abuse i've asked them if they can find a place in memory that was witnessing that was actually just quietly witnessing and and almost everyone can wow yeah yeah, yeah. It's and it's awesome. really really important to yeah. start to have a deep relationship with that aspect of oneself so that that yeah. is what's cruising around so then you can have what i like to call coexisting awareness where in your you know, you're having your experiences of life and you're fully showing up and you're engaged and having yeah. talking story when it's needed. But there's a there's a, a quiet witnessing presence that is side by side with mm. with that. You're reminding me a bit um of some work I do and I teach it at Shivananda Yoga Ashram and a few other places. In, in, in Virginia? In uh, upstate New York I in know. the Catskills. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. And uh, it's called Therapeutic Theater. Oh. It used to be known as psychodrama. Oh, <laughs> but it's part cool. of the work I've done as a therapist with oh. people, but we do it in groups. Oh. And but that's fun. It's so much fun. Yeah. And it's so deep. And you go deep so fast. Yes. And everybody is virtually shaking because they feel the reality of what it's like to be in each other's shoes. It's an an empathy practice is really what it is. fabulous. I love that. And just as you were saying before about one person or eight in a night come up to speak and enter dialogue with you. So I could work possibly with just one person for a whole session. Everybody will be involved 
themselves, whether they're actively involved in the theater piece as such yes. or as bearing witness, yes. doesn't matter. Right, right. They are there. Yes. <laughs> <And> their heart <laughs> right. and soul is on the table. Oh, that's fantastic. Quivering. Yes. And we all are like, and it's magical how it happens. And mm -hmm. I get that feeling also from when I've been present for your Dharma dialogues. Yeah. There's this feeling of, there's, there's something magical, there's something electric that we're all connected here. Yeah. It's like there's one heart. Yes, that's And exactly. it's throbbing and we're all part of it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Anyway, just some thoughts. I, well, I just sounds, enjoy. Sounds, sounds like wonderful, interesting work. It really is. <sighs> I, I've been doing it for many, many moons uh -huh. and uh, it's very rich. I, I like engaging the body yes. in the dialogue yes. and when you actually physically stand in yeah. one place and then another person who is the adversary or antagonist or what have you and you switch there's something about the feng shui of it that's i can imagine that you get yes, that yeah, you know absolutely. it's actually the energy the the field gets set mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah i also do something else called guru for a day <laughs> where it's really cool you know, you if have, you are sitting as conductor... Right. You have you, them come to the front of the room. Uh, I sit in my seat. Yeah. yeah. If I'm in that position first, mm -hmm. they sit there. Yes. And I sit where they were. Yes. And everybody listens and... Oh, wow. What shows up. Yeah. yeah. I'm just having fun with you. I, you know, I didn't yeah, I'm loving move it. the conversation there. It's just, you know, it's just, it's all sort of part and parcel of a similar kind of energy of a certain kind of interaction yes. of people to reach something deeper. And it also you know? um, it so. also goes to what we were saying about how there is this yearning. People people do yearn to be in those kinds of of conversations and understandings rather than just just the chit chat and the nonsense and in <sighs> Buddhism there's this uh, this word sampapalapawosa meaning that apparently the Buddha oh. used to mean idle chatter going nowhere and oh. that most people spend their entire lives in idle chatter you know yeah. and that there's you know you're yearning to um, I think Flaubert say you know make the stars weep for for, for you know yeah. for your for your for your soul oh god you know, yes um, exactly you know it's like there's this yearning to be connected to something greater and this and have to live in that sense that you know is there and that you know i i'm always just i find it so endearing how many people um you know they get a tiny taste of this and then they have this homesickness for it, you know. <laughs> exactly. And you are one of the introducers to it, <laughs> if they hadn't met it already on their path. <laughs> Catherine, this has been delightful. Um, thank Just you so much so for delightful. having me on. Absolutely. This has been In the Deep. To support these podcasts, you can subscribe to this channel on iTunes or post a review there. If you'd like to know more about my work, book a private session, or make a tax-deductible donation for the ongoing production of the podcasts, please visit katherineingram.com. Till next time.